to be able to actually get the divorce, which they've decided that both of them want to do for the two or three or four or five years preceding. So this is not encouraging anything. This is simply allowing them to get on with their lives. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Lawyer to Lawyer, with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi, bringing you the latest legal news and observations with the leading experts in the legal profession. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Craig Williams coming to you from a very sunny and warm Southern California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court. Bob, I know you do too. At least another one. That's right. And this is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, where I write a blog called Law Sites and also a blog called Media Law. Well, before we introduce today's topic, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Clio, an online practice management software program for lawyers at goclio.com. Uh, and Craig, I'm going to throw in an extra an extra pitch for Clio this week because uh, they, they just announced they are holding a, a kind of an innovative, first-of-its-kind conference on cloud computing coming up uh, in September, September 23rd, 24th in Chicago. I've been invited to speak at that, so I'm uh, looking forward to that. If any of our listeners are interested, they can find out about that at cliocloudconference.com. Right. And if you haven't heard enough about from Bob, go hear him speak. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, today we're going to be talking about an, an innovative program uh, in the Sacramento County, California uh, family court program. It's a one-day divorce program started just recently. The program is run completely by volunteer law students and attorneys helping families uh, who in some cases have been working through the divorce process for years untie the knot in just a day. Well, we've invited Judge James Mize, who's the creator of this one-day divorce program, to learn more about the program. He is a member of the Sacramento Superior Court. Well, he's not really just a member. He's also the supervising judge of the Sacramento Superior Court, and he's a past president of the California Judges Association. He's got a master's in social welfare and a law degree, and he was a practicing attorney for 26 years before taking a seat on the bench in 2000. And then in 2008, Judge Mize's peers elected him as the presiding judge of the Sacramento Superior Court, another quite an honor of a long list that you can find on his resume. Judge Mize is involved in a number of civic efforts which have garnered him several honors, including the California Judges Association Alba Whitkin Humanitarian Award and the Sacramento County Bar Association's Judge of the Year Award. Welcome to the show, Judge Mize. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you very much for the invitation. Judge Wise, I'm I'm uh, way out here on the other coast from where you are, but but something I hear from judges all the time here, especially family court judges, is that they are facing uh, a deluge of of pro se litigants against uh, an ever increasing caseload and uh, fewer and fewer staff to deal with it all. This program struck me as as innovative because it seems to tackle all all three of those issues in in some form or another. Can you tell us how it how it came about? Well, uh, it, first of all, it, you're right. It does. It tackles all of those issues. The uh, issue of having uh, self-represented uh, litigants uh, in our court in Sacramento, for instance, 72% of all of the folks that appear in our court are, have no lawyer representing them, nor will they ever have a lawyer representing them. So that creates uh, some part of the problem that then we uh, had to solve. 
Um, but uh, in a sense, there were two uh, uh, parallel ways this program came about. One was looking at the, the bare statistics, which I'll get to in a minute. But the other one was just uh, the practical aspect of being in court. I would uh, frequently be in court on some simple matter. Maybe uh, the uh, parties were changing custody from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock and otherwise were getting along very well. And I made my brilliant order of saying, okay, it'll be 4.30. And then, um, and then they would say, after it's all over now, are we divorced? And of course, they weren't divorced. All they did was modify a custody order. And uh, then I started explaining to them, well, to get their divorce, you have to uh, finish the, uh, the papers. You have to get a declaration of disclosure. Uh, you have to state the, the community in separate property. And by the time I got that explaining to them, they were basically deer in headlights and sort of uh, walked out of court shaking their heads, not knowing what they're possibly uh, going to do. So basically, uh, with those kinds of experiences, we just decided we need to help out the folks who don't have lawyers, uh, but who otherwise are in agreement and would just like to get on with their lives. So how do you get all that accomplished in one day? It seems like a big task and an awful lot of information. I mean, the long, the long list of things that you just did, I'm not sure I could get done in a day. <laughs> well, we, we realized it was going to be a, a long task, so that's why we had to get uh, basically the assistance of a tremendous group of volunteer lawyers uh, in Sacramento to, to uh, help us make this project work. I think it's very important to understand this is not simply rushing through a divorce for folks who don't have enough money to hire an attorney. We, are, we give very, very careful attention to each of these uh, divorces, whether they be by default or they be by two parties who are, un, who are not contesting uh, anything. Um, and we do this by having about three or four triages. The first triage is when our self-help center reviews uh, the file to see if it, it appears to be the kind of case that we want to handle in this process. And then the most important triaging is by our, uh, our temporary judges, our, our uh, pro tem judges. These are attorneys, all of whom have a minimum of 10 years experience in family law. They have already qualified to be pro tem judges. They have already, uh, some of them have been many years uh, already practiced in settling cases in our settlement conference, which is a different part of our uh, division, our family law division here. And their job is really to take a look at this case, look at all of the facts, make sure that it qualifies, uh, and then send it on uh, to the, the scriveners, the, the, uh, what we call maybe the law students or the one zero to tens, as I call them, meaning attorneys that have been in practice for less than 10 years and therefore don't qualify to be a, a temporary judge. And they're there just for the most part to put the papers together uh, and then to issue spot as they can and take those matters back to the temporary judges. And then finally, the third triage is when it comes to my court. And I take a look at the papers and uh, ask uh, the parties uh, some questions. And assuming all the papers are in order, assuming all the, that the division is a fair division and reasonable, uh, then I grant the divorce that very same day. Have you gotten any kind of social policy backlash from anybody saying that this is too easy for a divorce, that getting a divorce in one day is not really what we want to be doing? We want to make people go through the six-month process, through the time period that's required to go through all this, and perhaps get back together. I mean, I've heard that the divorce rate in California is approaching 75%. 
Well, I'm not sure about 75%. I've always heard the figure of 50% throughout the nation, and I'm not sure that that changes uh, uh, too much because there are a lot of people that aren't getting married now. So if they aren't getting married, it's harder for them to get divorces. But the, the reality is that uh, people have asked me that question in, early in my career, 40 years ago when I was a divorce lawyer, and asked the question now that I'm in the family court now. But I think that that is a, a misstatement of what we do. Effectively, when people come to our court, they are already divorced. Their marriage is already over. They've either separated, they have maybe gone through this process three or four times partially until finally when they've made the decision uh, that uh, there is no hope for the marriage anymore. And that what we do is then put them on their way, give them hope for the future, turn them around and allow them to then have a, uh, another life. Uh, after this other marriage, after their marriage has ended. So really, this isn't encouraging anything. Um, They still have to wait the six months, by the way, uh, to become a single person. So that hasn't changed. But as far as getting their papers done, they don't don't have to uh, uh, spend any more time with their papers. Now, just to give you an idea, we don't even accept a case unless it's already past six months. So that, in fact, uh, to the extent that they uh, have an opportunity to get together again during the six months waiting period, they, they do. We won't accept their case. After six months, sometimes it is some, a year, months or years before the parties finally are able to physically get the papers together uh, and to make the uh, right, uh, fill out the right forms to be able to actually get the divorce, which they've decided that both of them want to do for the uh, two or three or four or five years preceding. So this is not encouraging anything. This is simply allowing them to get on with their lives. So Judge, who, who are the litigants who, are, who qualify for this program, who are getting involved in it? Is there any kind of an income requirement? Uh, are there any other kinds of requirements other than having filed their case at least six months prior? Right. We do have the income requirement in the sense that we are not going to be taking any case Uh, where the parties have the ability to afford an attorney. And for the most part, these are the same kinds of people who are getting the uh, ability to file uh, impropria persona uh, so that they don't have to pay money to uh, file their papers in the court. With respect to uh, the uh, other requirements, uh, they then also have to be in agreement. These can't be parties who have, uh, have a battle and are still fighting uh, everything. And then finally, that also includes those folks who are, uh, have uh, taken a default of the other side. The other side hasn't responded, and they want to basically get on with their case. So income requirements, uh, yes, uh, no attorney, absolutely yes. If they have attorneys, we don't handle their case. And then they have to have an agreement if they're both parties are present, or it's a default if it's uh, just a single person. Now, was there any kind of requirement for you to get any permission from the California Judicial Council or any other governing body, or is this a pilot program? What's the, uh, the background behind this from an internal standpoint? Well, first of all, what we are doing here in this one-day divorce is no different from what, in effect, we've been doing for years in our settlement conference uh, process. In the settlement conferences, we have people come to our courts Uh, And we try to resolve cases, and the same pro tem attorneys uh, try to resolve them. And if they do, they read something into the record, and then they give it back to the parties to actually prepare the papers. Well, since we've already been doing that, what what we found is that they didn't finish the papers. They wouldn't actually get to the judicial council forms and complete them. 
So because they wouldn't complete the forms, then they may still end up being married until they actually got the judicial counsel form signed by the judge and then get sent back to them. Well, they never uh, would, often would never do that. And so we realized at that point that we needed, um, uh, they needed help not just with getting the, uh, the, the facts and the property and the custody resolved uh, in their own mind, but also to physically transfer their idea to a piece of paper that identifies exactly what their agreement is. So in a sense, we're not doing anything um, that, that dramatic. We, all we are doing is taking care of a problem uh, that has existed uh, in uh, this court and frankly throughout California, possibly even back in Boston, um, uh, throughout the uh, country, and that is that the parties are having trouble uh, just completing the papers. If I can just make one more point, because I think you mentioned that earlier, not only are 72% of the litigants in our court uh, have no attorneys, because they don't have attorneys, their cases will get uh, hung up within the court system, uh, sometimes for months, if not years, and before they actually are able to complete the papers. And what's intriguing about that is we've had a study in California uh, about one of the biggest complaints in the court system. The biggest complaints in the court system generally tend to be family court, as well as maybe traffic and small claims. Um, and one of the biggest complaints about family court is the process takes too long. <laughs> so that it takes too long partially because the parties aren't able to fill out the papers correctly and because they don't have lawyers. And so that what this is, program is trying to do is attack all three of those issues, make the process take uh, less time, and then be able to give the, uh, the assistance to the self-represented folks that they aren't able to have done by the attorneys who otherwise could be representing them. So in a sense, that kind of also addresses the first question of, is there any, uh, any pushback from parties saying this is too easy? Well, the answer is the complaint that most people have about family court is it's too hard and it takes too long. Uh, not that it's too easy. And uh, these parties want to get on with their lives. And this just gives them the opportunity to do that. Well, despite the length of your program, we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack takes a look at the process of moving to the cloud. Now, how long does it take to move to the cloud, and is it a difficult process? No, I, with most cloud computing providers, moving uh, your data into the cloud is something that takes just minutes, not hours or days to do. You can get signed up and running with most services in just a few minutes. And uh, even if you have an existing, uh, a legacy set of data that you want to migrate to a, a web-based practice management system like Clio, there's migration tools and migration services that we're able to offer to ease that process. So most firms can be up and running to the cloud in less than in the cloud in less than five minutes and can have their data imported uh, in a matter of hours or days. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. And welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer. I'm Craig Williams with my co-host, Robert Ambrosi. Judge Mize, I know that kind of the, the heart of this program is, is made possible through volunteer attorneys and volunteer law students. Tell us more about that. What role do they play in this process? How do you get volunteers, uh, and what's their participation? Well, thank you. That's a, that's a great question. First of all, I think the county may have to have 
uh, a, a certain uh, size that would enable them to have a large enough group of attorneys who are willing to do this. And let me just start by saying that the attorneys who are volunteering for the service are doing yeoman's work. They are not only giving of their time, but they're giving their expertise, and they're doing it with no real personal gain other than the fact that they're helping litigants get through the process and, and of course, get that warm, fuzzy feeling that we all get when we do, uh, when we do good work. But there are basically three levels of people who are participating in this. Uh, one are the pro tem judges, the temporary judges. These are the attorneys with 10 years or more experience who have already been sworn in to act as judges in the court. The reason that's also important is that because they are sworn in and acting as temporary judges, their recommendations are, if you will, protected by the same protections that uh, we have as a court, uh, as judges, um, uh, regarding any advice that is uh, given. But more than that, not just a self-protection mechanism, but the fact is these people are good. They know how to settle cases. They know what cases ought to settle and which ones ought not to settle and uh, which ones have problems. And they can advise people as to where they are to meet in the middle to be able to get their cases resolved. The second uh, part are the folks who are the uh, attorneys who are less than 10 years, so they can't be a uh, temporary judge, and also the law students. And what's uh, just amazing, for, particularly for the law students, but also for some of those folks who have only been in practice for a couple of years, is that they get to their hands on real cases. They get to actually review and type up the papers and type up the declarations of disclosures and the responses and the judgment on, on real cases. And the law students who have been involved with this project are, are just very, very excited um, because it's not just, uh, you know, uh, uh, John Jones uh, bought Blackacre for, you know, such and such an amount of money and, and Mary Jones now owns Whiteacre. Uh, it's not just a, a law school quiz even. These are real people. These are real folks uh, with uh, problems, with a need, and the law student is able to fill out the papers to, uh, uh, to enable them to uh, get their, um, uh, their judgments entered. And again, my, I c- consider their role, while we, we can call them scriveners, we can call them legal document preparers, but really I want them to do more than that in the sense that I want them to be aware of what's, what they're filling out, what, what are they putting on the papers. And while they can't then do any advice to the litigants uh, about what's happening, they, they do have the uh, right, and in fact, I encourage them to, if they see anything unusual, to then go back to the temporary judges and explain to them there may be a particular problem that they saw and that uh, they should consider it again. And the classic one we give all the time is parties are going along, they think everything's fine, and then one party admits that they have a, uh, a retirement with the state of California. And of course, that goes to the, uh, you know, the wife because she's the one that earned it, right? And then the, attorney, the law student may say, well, I'll tell you what, let me take that back to the, uh, the pro tem judges and see what they say. And of course, what they say to the pro tem is, hey, you guys missed a uh, 20-year uh, retirement plan that could be worth several hundred thousand dollars. I think you may want to talk to these folks again about how to divide that. And so that uh, these attorneys and uh, young attorneys and the law students not only are filling out the papers, but also have an opportunity to uh, do issue spotting, which as all of us uh, were in law school know that issue spotting is one of the key uh, ways to not only pass tests, but also to make sure that you're not, uh, uh, that you're handling a case well. Absolutely. Judge Mize, do you have any plans to package up this program and export it to some other California courts or across the country? Is this something that you think could be adopted by other courts? 
Well, I, I think there's no question about it. First of all, with respect to packaging it, we're, we're prepared at any time to talk to any county in the state or outside of the state and give them the uh, idea that we had and how uh, to um, how they could possibly implement this in, in their own counties. But yes, I think it'd be possible to do it anywhere where, again, these same issues exist. Most, uh, again, pr- uh, primarily the self-represented litigants, uh, litigants who aren't able to get their papers through and that they're complaining about the time uh, that it takes and that uh, they just can't seem to figure out the uh, the the uh, legal morass uh, the of uh, of uh, the papers that are necessary to uh, complete their divorce so i think that uh, what you're doing here by your good program is helping to spread the word uh, that there is another way, that there are ways that we can take some of the cases that are not going to be handled by uh, attorneys and get them through the system uh, so that it uh, helps the system, obviously clears the uh, court calendar from uh, some of the congestion, which, by the way, is one of the reasons I think some of the attorneys would want to volunteer, and that is if you can clear some of the cases that are balling up the system. Uh, you have the opportunity to then have more case, more t- uh, judicial time available for the cases that the attorneys are bringing in where they really need the judicial assistance. So I think there really is a possibility that, they, uh, uh, that other counties could do this. And, and frankly, I would encourage them and hope that uh, uh, this is one way that we can, uh, we can do more with less. Uh, I think you mentioned once before, I think it was Bob mentioned uh, the, the problems with money. Yeah, California has problems with, uh, uh, in, with money in the judicial system. We've taken some incredible hits over the last few um, years, uh, and uh, many of our uh, resources are drying up. Uh, many of our personnel in Sacramento, we've gone from about 930 people uh, working here to 630. So if taking a third off the top, uh, it's really difficult to do the same kinds of re- uh, have the same kinds of services that we had had previously. But what this program does is with no extra money uh, from any source, we are helping to clear the calendars, helping law students learn, and but most important, we're helping litigants uh, get on with their lives and get their issues taken care of. So yeah, I, I hope it spreads. Judge Mize, we've just about reached the end of our program, and we're nearing the point where we'd like to get your final thoughts along with your contact information. And one of the things that I'd like you to address, because we haven't yet talked about it, You've been in this program for just a little while. You've seen it. You've fashioned it. What complaints have you heard? What changes would you like to make to it? But just kind of wrap up and give us your final thoughts about the program and then your contact information so our listeners can reach out to you. Well, thank you. For, uh, so I'll get the contact information. Anyone can contact the Sacramento Superior Court. We have a uh, one-day divorce uh, link. Uh, that'll give all the information about how to handle that. We have a woman by the name of Lolly Roberts, who is our self-help, self-help clinic head, and she can give assistance to anyone who uh, contacts them, and can, they can get a hold of me through that resource. The program, uh, I think, uh, you know, has uh, just so much positive to offer. It has uh, the ability of, of folks to uh, get on with their lives, as I've said, I'd almost like to talk about the positives more than the negatives. I will do that in a second. But we've had some people uh, say, uh, you know, how they like the program. And uh, one particular gentleman who was in the court, uh, I said, are you satisfied with the program? Was this okay? And they said, yes. Um, frankly, I think it's kind of a miracle. And we've had other people in the program who 
basically, as soon as their divorces are granted, they jump up, they kick up their heels, they, uh, you know, pump their fist, and then they go and hug the law student who prepared the papers for them because they always come up here with them. And it's almost like adoption day more than it is a divorce court. Because again, these are people who, you know, who aren't sitting there going through the angst of divorce uh, anymore. They've done that uh, months, if not years ago, and they're just simply trying to get on with their lives. So as far as making changes, we're, we're always looking to modify, to uh, make the system go a little bit smoother uh, and making sure that the folks who most need this uh, uh, process are, are taken care of. And that's what we continue to do. And we meet, frankly, weekly to go over how we've done it uh, in the past week and, um, and are there any changes we can make. And we're, we're always honing the edges. But I think we've got a pretty good system going now that, that is able to help people get their divorces entered uh, while at the same time not costing the state or the taxpayers of this county any extra money. Sounds like a great program and, and a wonderful set of results that you've achieved. Well, thank you very much for being on the program. We've come to the point in the show where Bob and I will share some closing thoughts. It's a new segment of Lawyer to Lawyer where we each only have 30 seconds to share our final thoughts before a buzzer goes off. So, Bob, ready, Mark? Well, I, I just wanted to say, you know, we, we've got... Uh Similar programs out here in Massachusetts in the sense of lawyer for the day programs that help out in the family courts. I, I think uh, courts all around the country have those kinds of things. But what strikes me as unique about this approach is that it's really kind of bundling together everything needed to finalize and wrap up the case uh, and get the people in there and out of there in a day. Uh, and I, I can see how that really serves the interests of, of uh, self-represented litigants uh, and makes great use of volunteer attorneys and law students. Uh, and uh, I, I'm always happy to hear about models for uh, innovative delivery of legal services. So uh, kudos to the court for developing this. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea too. Uh, just with a little bit of my tongue planted firmly in my cheek here, I just hope that it doesn't get picked up by Nevada and they open up a... Uh, <laughs> A, a circuit court right next to one of the chapels <laughs> where you can get married in, in less than a day. I just want to add my thanks to uh, the judge for being with us and point out to our listeners that uh, uh, the URL for that court website is www.saccourt.ca.gov. That's the uh, Superior Court of, court of California, County of Sacramento website, and you can find information there about this one-day divorce program. Maybe we can post that URL on our uh, show uh, when we post the show online as well. We'll do that. Well, and that brings us to the end of our show. I'm Craig Williams. And this is Bob Ambrogi. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer. You can join us next time for another great legal topic. When you want legal, think Lawyer to Lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi for their next podcast, covering the latest legal topic. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.